You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. It's hour one on this Thursday. Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. We're at Danette Down. Paulie has started his vacation a day early. To bubble or not to bubble, that is the question commissioners had to ponder all spring long. And now here we are on the brink of every league opening up. And it's funny how viewpoints on different solutions changed. A few weeks ago, the NBA bubble seemed excessive to some. Then several states saw their numbers in the uh, corona cases rise. And maybe the NBA is better off. But then again, the number of cases rising in Florida, in Orlando, that could be concerning if a league is in a bubble in that city. The thing is, this virus has changed quickly. It's hard to tell where we're going to be in a week, a month, two months. Every league has its own circumstances. You had the commissioner of the NBA saying, you know, we didn't see these spikes happening back a couple of weeks ago, a month ago, when they were proposing the bubble. The NFL probably has too many players to even consider a bubble. Baseball had discussed playing in a central location like Arizona or Florida. They opted to stay at home. NHL still hasn't officially named hub cities. At least I don't think so. There are no easy answers here. Yeah, McLovin. I read a report that they're leaning Edmonton and Toronto, by the way. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I don't know if that's finalized. We say good morning to our great friends in uh, Toronto. You know, these are questions that are going to challenge these leagues in ways that we've never seen. And I think that that will be something that you keep an eye on. And, and maybe you don't follow soccer, Major League Soccer. But you just had a team coming in from Dallas to Orlando. They tested negative when they were in Dallas. Nine have tested positive in Orlando. It's going to happen. And, you know, soccer players, by all accounts, great athletes. Uh, You know, they're not heavy. Uh, They're all built sort of similarly. You get to NFL players. You get to a football player who weighs 300 pounds. Are they more at risk here? And the fact that spring tra- or, uh, the uh, training camps, when they start, and preseason games for the NFL, they're taking away the first preseason game and the last preseason game. And there's a reason for that. Because if I said, oh, they're taking away two preseason games, you would assume it would be weeks one and two. They're taking away week one and week four. And in particular, week four gives them, I believe, a two-week window. If somebody has tested positive, they would be able to go through quarantine and they would be able to play in week one. I still have my doubts if there's going to be uh, week one starting on time, but maybe I'm in the minority here, and maybe I'm wrong, completely wrong, and I hope I am, but I don't think so. You also have a story with uh, the Washington Redskins. Now you have some big-time sponsors that could be affected, or there's pressure on Nike, FedEx, Pepsi to demand the Washington Redskins change their nickname. Now you have money attached to this. It always comes down to the bottom line. Money. Advertisers. Those sponsors decide that they're going to back out. My point is, Nike is saying, hey, you know what? Or they're being pressured to uh, tell the Redskins to change their nickname. Nike can benefit from this. Like Nike has nothing to lose here. You, just, you can be part of the change, and then Nike makes all the merchandise for the Washington Redskins. Everybody's going to benefit here. Daniel Snyder, you get a whole new revenue stream with merchandise. And you can go kicking and screaming, because he has said on multiple occasions he's not changing that nickname. 
if he's not getting a new stadium without changing the nickname. And that came out yesterday. Uh, the commissioner could make a change here. Commissioner could be a little bit more heavy-handed here. And I think he's trying to be as heavy-handed as possible with Colin Kaepernick. I think the commissioner is looking at a bigger picture of how history is going to view him and what he stood for, changes, and those are two huge changes. Adam Silver is still getting credit for what happened with the Clippers and Donald Sterling. And that was easy. Like, nobody argued with that. Nobody had a problem with that. Hey, you got an owner, bad owner, racist owner, made comments. All right, you got to sell the team. That was easy. Imagine if you open the door for Kaepernick to get an opportunity and you change the Washington Redskins nickname. That's pretty big. And that would probably not that. And I don't know him that put him in the Hall of Fame. I believe that that would be something where he's grown the league. The owners have made money. He's done what you want an owner to do. And that is he's the one who gets criticized. And if you did these two things, that would, I think, be huge. 877-3DP-SHOW. Email address dp at danpatrick.com. We got sidetracked a little bit last hour. McLovin uh, asking about fireworks and hamburgers and mayonnaise. I just watched Officer and a Gentleman again the other night. And Lou Gossett Jr., I think he won the Academy Award for that role. He's so good as the drill sergeant. And... Richard Gere is, Mayo is his last name. So Richard, he, uh, he had uh, Lou Gossett calling him Mayonnaise. <laughs> good movie. Richard Gere's Deborah Winger. That's good. But Lou Gossett Jr., whew, he's spectacular. In no, that. sir, Dior. I ain't going to quit. All right, then you can forget it. You're out. Don't you do it. Don't you <laughs> I got nowhere else to go. <laughs> Don't do mayonnaise. They have that fight <laughs> in the ring. It's good. Good movie. Holds up. I think. I don't know. Fly boys. Uh, spent some time with Don Mattingly, Donnie Baseball in the uh, first hour of the program. I also found out that uh, so Donnie Baseball, one of the great nicknames of all time. Ted Williams was Teddy Ballgame. And I didn't know if it was Ted, when he came to the plate, it was Ballgame. So Teddy's at the plate, Ballgame's over. Teddy Ballgame, he got it from a, a kid, a friend of mine, a photographer named Fred Kaplan. This is uh, Ted Williams in his autobiography. He brought his little boy to a game at Fenway. Couldn't have been more than two years of age at the time, but it made an impression on him a couple of years ago. Fred was going to the park again, and the boy wanted to come. And he said, why? Why do you, uh, who do you want to see? And he said, I want to see Teddy. Teddy who? And the boy thought for a minute and said, Teddy Ballgame. So that's according to uh, Ted Williams in his autobiography. Good nickname. A great nickname. Yeah, I know. Teddy Ballgame? But that's when you had great nicknames. Yep. Now it's just sort of some derivation of your uh, first name, last name, uh, initials. Yes, McLevin. There's some good nicknames now, aren't there? I don't know. Everyone calls them Greek Freak, I guess. Greek Freak's good. Rhymes. Johnny Football was probably the yeah. closest we've gotten to Teddy Ballgame. Yeah, but did he give himself that nickname that Manziel was Johnny Football? 
That's possible. I, yeah. <laughs> I just saw where he's he's kind of come to grips that he's his football career is over. I think he should come to grips that his football career is <laughs> hey, over. You know what, guys? It might be yeah. over. <laughs> oh, God. I wish I could could have had his ear a couple of years ago. Because we move on so quickly. There's always somebody new, somebody better, somebody more exciting. And you have your window. And he partied away his window. And I don't know if he had the discipline. I don't know if he had the talent to be an NFL quarterback, a, a good starting quarterback, consistent starting quarterback. Because you have to be a leader. You have to be dedicated. You have to put in the time. And, you know, if you're going to be a party boy you're not going to be a successful NFL quarterback. If you are, then you're, you're in the, the low, small percentile. But Johnny Manziel, yeah, that career, that, that career is set sail. And nobody cares about you anymore. It's just because they move on. Now, they'll have fond memories, but it's not like he comes up in conversation about any, t- hey, you got to sign him. Colin Kaepernick has a better chance than Johnny Manziel. Yes, Don. And even if there was some type of a comeback story, as we all like, is Johnny Manziel likable enough that the average person cares that he would come back and say he was successful? Does that interest anyone that's a sure. sports fan? That he'd be a, what a great comeback story. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, more people would be interested in Johnny Manziel coming back than Colin Kaepernick. Be more people probably rooting for him than Colin Kaepernick. I don't know if there'd be people who would not want Johnny Manziel in the NFL. There are going to be a lot of people who don't want Colin Kaepernick in the NFL. Yeah, but is anybody really missing him? I mean, like, you don't, no. even, you don't even really... When's the last time we thought of Johnny Manziel before he said, oh, by the way, I think my career's over? I mean, uh, he, doesn't even, no. he doesn't even bubble up. No, he doesn't even get the, boy, why didn't somebody take a chance on him? But if he was on somebody's radar and an opportunity to come back... I think you know people would be interested in Johnny Manziel. You would show those highlights again in college because there weren't that many in the NFL. Yes, we love. By the way, Bleacher Report ranked sports nicknames, and Teddy Ballgame wasn't even in the top three or four. They have Big Unit number one. That's pretty good. Yeah, Nigerian Nightmare Christian Okoye. This is a good one. Number three, the answer. I think that's Allen Iverson. Right? Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, the Glide, Clyde the Glide, Clyde the Glide. Uh, let's see what else. They have the great one. Yeah, that one. That's not bad. <laughs> well, can you top the great one? King James. Although Ali was the greatest. So King James, you're right. But King James is not the great one. No. That's the chosen one, which, Ooh. which somehow backfired. Yeah, that's true. Great one was awesome. Chosen, chosen one. Chosen one. But you can't give yourself a nickname. Here's a great one that we all loved. Muscle Hamster, Doug Martin, the uh, little running back. <laughs> yeah. That one always creeped me out. Yeah, you, oh, you never said it on no, Football Night No, I don't America think I did. Hey, there's the Muscle Hamster. <laughs> like, just that thought of a hamster, and then he's, you know. It's so accurate, though. <laughs> muscle Hamster. <laughs> All right, did we settle on a poll question? Yeah, I put up, put up a hard anyone. Do you like fireworks? Yes or no? All right. 65% said yes, although that probably the last couple of months, not as many like it. Uh, Duncan Robinson of the Miami Heat's going to join us, and he is one of the great shooters. He's on the short list of great shooters in the NBA right now. Uh, and all he does is take threes. Yes, McLevin. Are those guys going to be able to shoot well at the bubble? I mean, you know, you're a great shooter. When you go to a weird gym, sometimes it's harder. I think if you can shoot, 
you can shoot. Not at the. You see guys in the NCAA tournament who lose their shot. Yes. Yeah. But that's the background. So the depth there, because you you're in these huge football stadiums, and the, there is depth perception, and that's an issue. I remember watching a game in the Superdome, and uh, LSU was playing, and I remember some of the players, even though that's sort of a home away from home court for LSU, the how far the um, the floor is and the basket is from the stands, and the, you know because when you shoot. And guys look at either the front of the rim or the back of the rim. Uh, you know, I, I just saw, I just looked at everything. I didn't focus, but guys will focus on front or back iron. Uh, and then when you see the depth perception or there, it, it's, it kind of messes with you a little bit. It can be a problem for these players, but I don't know. I mean, this will be a summer league game. That's exactly what it's going to feel like for them with the number of people there, the sounds that they're going to hear. I think for the audience, I think the TV audience, I think we're in for we're in for surprises. I don't know if it's a treat, but from what I'm told, and I'm sworn to secrecy on this, I think we're getting some fun things involved in the broadcast here. Oh, here's another thing. I'm watching ESPN this morning, Korean baseball. Now, I applaud the mothership of putting something on that's live sports. And, you know, granted, it's in Korea. And you got, uh, you know, Boog Shambi on, who's a great broadcaster. And I was just listening. And I realized they don't even talk about Korean baseball action that's going on. So I'm watching three guys talk baseball while Korean baseball is on. It's really bizarre. You'll occasionally get this uh, uh, five three at the end of four. Other than that, you have no idea there's a baseball no, game going on. <laughs> no, if I'm just listening to you, I don't know there's a baseball game. And you know, so you got three guys, you know, that they're in their Zoom boxes there, and then there's the baseball game going on. And I just thought it was, it, it's kind of funny. It, it was humorous where I'm going. I think it. Same thing, like there's a bang bang play at second, you know. They're like talking advanced stats. Oh, they were uh, talking about all the people in front offices from the Ivy Leagues, and meanwhile the action's going on. And I was like, okay, there's a fly ball to left. Yeah, it could be, it might be, it is. <laughs> yes, Tom. It's almost like a green screen. It's like a just a backdrop where there's something going on in the background, like you would have books on a bookshelf. This happens to be a live baseball game going on behind their chatter. It almost looks like it's a parody. If they were going to have a parody of a play-by-play team doing Korean baseball where they don't even talk about the game itself. Or it's like there was a different TV show going on and then somebody crossed up the feeds and started <laughs> showing the baseball game. And you're like, no, that's it. Somebody. Blake in Missouri joins us. Hi, Blake. What's on your mind? DP, how you doing? Hi, Blake. Hey, um, you guys were talking about Ted Williams. I thought his nickname was always the kid. Um, going back to when he uh, he flew planes with the late, great John Glenn. Um, but uh, I had three um, three rules kind of in my family that would be pertinent this weekend especially. Okay. Don't dive into water you, you don't know the depth of. Take it easy on the booze before dinner. And no M80s and wine bottles. Um, that's all I got. <laughs> M80s. Thank you, Blake. That was a big deal when I was growing up. Guys had M80s. What? You serious? Yeah. Yeah, McLeod. I was in Costco the other day. There's hundreds of fireworks for sale everywhere. When I was a kid, you had to, like, 
go to some strange place really far away to get them. Yeah, you had to meet somebody behind some place uh, in the middle of the night and hand over cash. And yeah, now it's they got these tents that are set up. People had to go to other states to get them. And uh, now it seems more readily available. By the way, I'm with you. I'm a sparkler guy, and that's about all I need. <laughs> yeah, I was fine with my daughters just going out there with a little sparkler. Yeah, that's fine. Just run around, run around, a little sparkler, and get tired. And time to go now. Nine night. Yeah, there you go. Hey, it was a great Fourth of July. All right, we'll take a break. Uh, Duncan Robinson will join us. Uh, Scott Zolak, the Patriots radio analyst, a little later on. His thoughts on Cam Newton and the executive director of the Baseball Players Association. Tony Clark will join us right after having the commissioner on yesterday on the program. Just a coincidence, right, Todd? Just a coincidence, mm, as far as I know. I don't think so. <laughs> All right, we're uh, back after this, 18 after the hour. This is the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. This program brought to you by Mercedes-AMG. Be prepared for whatever comes your way. It's the all-new GT four-door coupe. Life's a race. Visit your local dealership for a test drive today. If you missed any of our interviews this week or any week from the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave, go to danpatrick.com. Watch and listen from inside the Mercedes-AMG Man Cave. Mercedes-AMG driving performances. One of the great stories in the NBA is Duncan Robinson. Born in Maine, grew up in New Hampshire, Played Division Three basketball, then went to Michigan. And all of a sudden, you realize he's one of the best shooters in the NBA. And all he does is shoot threes. So I immediately love Duncan Robinson, who joins us on the program, the Miami Heat forward. Duncan, how are you? I'm doing well. Appreciate you having me on. Okay. To be. okay, a couple of things. Andre Iguodala, who was with Golden State, had the ultimate compliment, I think, for you. When uh, Well, not the ultimate, because he thought, I think, you were the ball boy when he first got to Miami Heat. Is that right? Yeah, I don't know if that's actually a, a legitimate quote. I think that that was, um, you know, kind of somewhat made up. Oh. Um, yeah, a, a little bit. Andre, obviously, you know, Andre and I are pretty close, and he's been a great mentor to me ever since he's been in Miami. Um, but I'm, I'm not in that category yet in terms of, you know, his other teammates. Okay, but he did say that you were the best shooter he's seen. Is that right? That's the quote. Now, are you saying that that's not true either? I don't know if that's entirely true. Um, I don't think he said that that verbatim. Um, you know, he's he's definitely given me a lot of confidence. But like I said, I, I don't think he thinks or or personally, honestly, <laughs> at this point, I think I'm in that category just yet. Well, why the hell am I having you on if you weren't mistaken for a ball boy and being called the best shooter that uh, Andre Iguodala has has ever seen? I'm not sure. I mean, I, there, it could be true in that I, I'm relatively unassuming. Um, but, and I, you know, I kind of came on, I guess, um, a little bit late there towards the end of the season. So I'm not sure. Okay. But you go Division three, and then you go to Michigan, and you end up with a heat. And I started looking at the numbers, and I go, this guy doesn't shoot any twos. It's basically three or nothing. How did you become this great three-point shooter? And I do mean great. Um, just a, a lot of repetitions. Um, you know, I, I feel like I've always kind of had a, an ability to shoot the ball. I've definitely improved, um, here in the last, you know, three to four years. I think Michigan helped me a lot in terms of my player development. And then, you know, ever since I've been with Miami, 
they've really uh, hardwired into my brain um, to really just just shoot threes um, and do what I do well. And you know, for me, that's that's doing my job and, and being aggressive. What was your welcome to the NBA moment, good or bad? Uh, I would probably say this year when we were playing the Lakers. Um, uh oh. This this was early on in the year before I had a little bit of a reputation and. They put LeBron on me. Um, basically, just had him sit in the paint. Um, <laughs> I didn't think I was basically relevant enough to uh, or worthy of, of a defender. Um, you know, because he's such a good help side defender, and um, that that was probably it. Just that surreal moment of of being on the floor, but also you know, kind of being guarded by him as well. But the fact that you sort of weren't guarded by him either. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I, mean, they, I definitely was not a priority uh, in terms of their scouting report. But when did it change? When, when did you start getting respect from defenses? Just kind of gradually over time. Um, as the year went on, uh, my, my role kind of started to shift. At first, I was coming off the bench and um, just kind of being a, a spark and a floor spacer. And uh, as the year went on, I got put in more and more action and was asked to do a little bit more. So it, it was just gradual. I wouldn't necessarily cite one in particular moment where everything kind of changed. What about the three-point shooting contest? Yeah, I mean, that was – in many ways, I mean, I, I kind of laid an egg. Um, I wish I could, could have it back in terms of my performance that weekend. But uh, How nervous were you? I was pretty – it's just such an unnatural setting. Um, you know, you're, you're sitting there waiting for the, the contest to come and you get about like a minute to warm up and then all of a sudden you're just kind of thrown into the fire. So that was definitely um, a little bit of a way for me to gain a little bit more notoriety and that, um, you know, I was kind of getting some recognition after that. Did you talk to any of those guys? Do you talk to, like, can you walk over to Steph Curry prior to a game and just, like, great shooter to great shooter have a conversation or Clay Thompson? I haven't, I haven't had that moment with either of those guys. Obviously, they missed a lot of this year. Oh, that's right. Okay. Uh, so I haven't had that moment with either of those guys. I, I will say it's been pretty surreal. I've been able to kind of develop relationships with, with guys like J.J. Redick and Kyle Korver, guys who I've always really looked up to. Um, who've done my job at, at the highest of levels. So it's been pretty cool to just kind of learn from them and pick their brains on different things. The Heat worked out in Miami yesterday. You leave for Orlando here coming up in a few days. How nervous are you? Uh, it's, it's a combination um, of kind of anxious and excited. You know, I think first and foremost, I think we're all excited to get back to playing. Um, obviously, there's a lot of uncertainty that's coming with the being in this bubble. Um, it's unprecedented in a lot of ways, but, you know, we're, we're also excited about just getting back out there and competing. Yeah, but you're going to be in the bubble. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a totally um, different scenario than obviously anyone's ever faced. Um, I think that there's, there's going to be some bumps in the road in terms of how it all comes together, but um, I think what's most important is that between the league and the teams, there's definitely a united front and that everybody wants to play again. Yeah, but you're how how many times have you been tested? Uh, we get tested every other day um, since June twenty first, so I'd probably say like five or something like that. What's that process like? It's it's uh, I've gotten used to it. It's gotten more and more comfortable. Um, at first, it was definitely uncomfortable, a little invasive for sure. Um, but at this point, it's it's basically become habit, considering I do it every other day. I saw where the Greek freak said, whoever wins this championship, you deserve an asterisk because you will have pulled off maybe the greatest championship, given everything that's at stake, everything you got to go through, if we even get to an NBA Finals. What do you think of that quote by uh, the Greek freak? 
I think there's definitely some truth to it. Uh, you know, one thing we've really been talking about as a team is that um, this will definitely be a test of, of competitive will and then also just mental toughness. Um, so I, I think whatever team can can pull through in that regard, uh, we'll definitely have a competitive advantage. I know you're doing a, a sweepstakes. Yes, Duncan Robinson is running a sweepstakes contest. Uh, I, I think you're involved with uh, the United Way, so would you like to uh, let the audience know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm doing a, an event with United Way and, and uh, Engage, and basically it's uh, you know just a way to, to, first of all, give back to the community of Miami um, and everything that's going on uh, between um, you know, the, the recent social justice push and also, you know, COVID obviously as well. Um, obviously, 100% of the proceeds are, are going towards the cause. And uh, the, the grand prize is basically just like a VIP game night with me. Uh, you'll be my guest all the way through from, from pregame warmups to, uh, to postgame as well. And there's a bunch of other prizes as well. So, uh, like I said, 100% of the, the proceeds are going towards the cause. And, um, you know, obviously, in times like this, it, it requires people to give up uh, both their, their time and their money, um, and I've tried to do both. So I feel like this is a, a way for me to do that. Give the website to people if they uh, want more information on this. Uh, you can go go to Let's Engage um, is uh, is the platform that I'm using it through. Um, and like you mentioned, it's the, the Duncan Robinson sweepstakes. Are you a Patriots fan? I did grow up a Patriots fan, yes. Well, you didn't answer the question. Are you a I Patriots fan? I will say it, it gets tough as you get older. Uh, your loyalty kind of shifts. You know, now I feel like I'm very much a citizen of the city of Miami. Uh, so I was excited to see that they drafted Tua. I'm excited for the future. But, you know, in my, in my heart, I will also always be a Patriot fan as well. Have you gone to games? In Miami, I, I have. I went to a game last year uh, when they played the Patriots at home, um, which honestly, that, it, it felt more like a, a, Fox, a game in Foxborough than it did in Miami. <laughs> Have you gone to games in Foxborough? Uh, I went to one growing up. I went to one. So I, I grew up north of Boston, Foxborough South. So getting through the city and getting down there is, is always a challenge with traffic and everything. Duncan, good luck. It's uh, been a great it's a success story. And you don't find too many guys who went to uh, Williams College who end up in the NBA. And uh, you know, we, wish you, we wish you well there in Orlando. All right. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on. All right. That's Duncan Robinson, 26 years of age. And uh, Fritzy did some great research there. And Duncan, 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 you got to stay with that story, though, that you're, you know, they thought you were the ball boy and that Andre Iguodala said you're the greatest shooter he's ever been around. OK, you got to stay with that story. OK, I'll, I'll, run, with it. I'll run with it. Yes. Now. Yes. I got to get I got to get with your PR people. Thank you, Duncan. All right. Uh, yeah, I, you know, you start to look at the backstory, and uh, he just shoots threes, but uh, coming out of nowhere there, and uh, a great shooter at that. Not a guy. There are a lot of guys who take threes. There's, you know, it's one thing to take them; it's another thing to make them. Yeah, Seaton. We were just saying, uh, like during the interview that was going on. I think Andrew, he's like, he's just kind of like a normal guy that just happens to play in the NBA. He looks like he could be a ball boy. He's a normal dude. It'd be like a tall ball boy that you have there. Yeah. Because he looks like he's about 20. He's 26. But, uh, no, you go... I remember him with Michigan. And and I I just sort of vaguely remember this guy can shoot. But there are a lot of guys who can shoot. But to take that to the next level and then to have a team who says, you're going to shoot threes, that's all you're going to do. He takes one two per game. And an attempt, I think, is, is average. Yeah, McLevin. Since Paulie's not here, I will bring this up. Oh. 
I find it interesting that he has two last names, and it's the last names of the great Spurs centers from the 90s and zeros. Now you bring it up. I could have asked him, are you named after Tim Duncan? Or David Robinson. Well, no, that's his last name. Yeah, he, he didn't get to choose his or last you, name. What was he, what's it say, or Duncan Sheik? Is that... And his yeah. middle name is Shaquille, which is interesting as well. Get out of here. Are you serious? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's true and what's not true with this guy Duncan anymore. Shaquille it's, Robinson. Maybe Duncan O'Neal Robinson. Yeah. Just three straight last I names. was going to say Popovich, but then <laughs> I figured you would, you know, if I said Shaq, you might go, oh, yeah, a lot of kids named after Shaquille O'Neal. Duncan Olajuwon. <laughs> Ewing <laughs> Robinson the third. Did you consider naming your kids after athletes? No. Because you knew they weren't going to be athletic. <laughs> I wasn't going to name them after me or after athletes. I think that's tricky. You know, yeah. it's just somebody you think is somebody and then you're going to name your child after them. Yeah. I, you know, I, I named my son after my dad. I figured that I'm, I'm okay with that one. Yeah, McLeod. Duncan Robinson's middle name is Duncan McBride, spelled with a Y, Robinson. Hmm. Possibly named after Dan, Danny McBride. Oh, I was thinking Bake McBride. Oh, Bake McBride. <laughs> From 50 years ago. That's a weird name. Duncan McBride Robinson. Love it. Junior the third. Uh, a couple more phone calls here. Matt in New York joins us. Hi, Matt. What's on your mind today? Morning, guys. Good, Good morning. to speak with you guys again. Uh, wanted to weigh in on the Mayo conversation. So, obviously, over the last few weeks, you guys have seen quite the uptick in female listeners across the country. So now usually when I listen every morning, my girlfriend, no offense, but kind of drowns you guys out to just as the voices that are in the background as we're both been working from home over the last couple months. So after four months, her ears finally perked up at one comment, and it was a question about putting mayo on a burger. <laughs> now this is something that she is very in favor of, whereas I'm on the opposite end. It disgusts me. I really don't like looking at it uh, when she does it and puts it on her Boca burgers and various vegan alternatives. Uh, so my question for you guys are, you've all been married a long time. Are we doomed for the rest of time? Is our future completely uh, going to be up in arms over this condiment conversation? Or, or how do I handle this moving forward? How long have you been married? Oh, we've just been dating for about five years. Uh, marriage oh, is, is well, maybe on the horizon. No, you're not getting married. 20, so. Matt, you've been dating for five years. You're not getting married. Because of the mayo, Dan? No, just because you've been dating for five years. Oh, we're young. We got whole lives ahead of us. <laughs> okay. Uh, if I talked to her and you weren't in the room, I'd probably get a different response. You got to find yourself a girl who agrees with your condiments, and that's yeah. 50% of it. Yeah. But good yeah, luck, Matt. We're counting on you. <laughs> and your, your, your girlfriend doesn't even approve of this show, so you're doomed. You just told him he's not getting married. <laughs> I know. Thank you, Matt. Well, okay. As the father of three daughters. Oh, dear. If I had, if they're, they were dating somebody for five years, you know, I'd kind of be curious of where things stand. Now, I told my daughters, you don't have to get married. You don't have to get married for me. We don't need to have a ceremony. You know, it's, it, I want you to, it's the hardest thing you'll ever do is be married and make it work and make it last a long time. But after five years, I don't know. But what if they're just people that's, you know, there's a lot of people and it's perfectly okay to just not want to get married. As long as she or my daughters feel secure in the, that relationship, then I'm fine with that. I want them to be happy. 
I don't want them to go, uh, you know, hey, I got to get married for my dad or my mom. Yes, Todd. Do you step in at any point and have that conversation with the oh, boyfriend to no. get off the pot the conversation? No, 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 no. No, that's not that not in my wheelhouse. Not none of my business. You know, you can just kind of be the best thing you can do with daughters is listen. Best thing. Because they'll talk. They'll tell you everything. All you got to do is listen. With boys, you got to engage. You got to make them talk. Because if you say, how was your day? Good. If I say, how was my day to any of my daughters? Well, and then they start rattling off things. And then like 15 minutes later, like you're just, your eyes are glazing over. Yeah. What is that though? That boys don't share anything. I'll ask my son all the time, like, hey, bud, how was this? Or whatever. Good. Yeah. And it's, it reminds me of how I was. And I know that that must have driven my parents nuts. I never gave them any. Where are you going? Out. Well, I started asking open-ended questions that I try to put in play when I do interviews here. So I had to interview my son. And then he caught on that I was interviewing him. Uh, because I'd say, you know, if I'd say, instead of how was your day, hey, what was the best part of your day? And he goes, doing the interview thing, huh? And I go, yeah, you know, come on, just, just acknowledge me. Give me, a, give me a bone here. All right, we'll take a break. More phone calls coming up here uh, next hour. We will have Scott Zolak talk about the Patriots bringing in Cam Newton and Tony Clark, the Baseball Players Association Executive Director. We have found the person who will play Kurt Warner in the movie American Underdog. Have that for you next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live every day at YouTube.com slash The Dan Patrick Show. Got our Discover Card moment of the week. And uh, we didn't have to look hard for this one. It just kind of presented itself. Here is uh, the Discover moment of the week. And it happened yesterday during the show. 79 is the new 78. (laughs) (laughs) Todd. So uh, I'll be be watching it. I hope it gets off. I think that, you know, the the bubble concept and the... uh, Marv Albert on the show, Todd leaving his microphone on, and then when he's reminded he's got his microphone on, he still talked. If you made a list of all the no-nos, that would probably be very close to the top, that there's no one other than you and the guest talking in, in that segment. Yeah. Well, we have some of you who have problems turning your mic on. You have a problem turning yours off. I do. Because McLovin will sometimes forget to turn his on. You forget to turn yours off. Yes, McClellan. Oh, sorry, my microphone. <laughs> okay, you got me. Yes, that was a visual joke. <laughs> I like, too, that we finally get the commissioner of baseball back on, like the, all these great guests this week, yeah. but the one that really stands out is Todd leaving Todd. his mic on. Yes. <laughs> Ruined the whole thing. Yes. That's the right, sir. Talk about 60 games. Right? Thank it's, you, Todd. Yeah. Discover card moment of the week brought to you by Discover. Get your free credit scorecard today, even if you're not a Discover customer. It includes your FICO credit score. Checking your scorecard won't hurt your credit. Learn more at discover.com slash credit scorecard. Limitations do apply. Are you, gentlemen, aware of the movie Shazam? Are you? Yeah. McLovin, you? I've I've seen it, yeah. Okay. Do you know who the star of Shazam is? Oh, my God. I'm... Zachary something. Zachary Levi is the star of Shazam. He's set to star as Kurt Warner in the biopic American Underdog, the Kurt Warner story. Oh, I know Shazam. Oh, he would be good at that part. Yeah. 
I don't know what else he's been in. Wasn't he Chuck on the TV show Chuck? I think that's him. Oh, it is. Yeah, remember that show? He was a little goofier back then. Hmm. He's been in some of the Avengers movies. Oh, okay. Yeah, but uh, Zachary Levi, who's in Shazam, is going to play the Kurt Warner he's in Thor. Thor Ragnarok. That's him? Well, he's not Thor, but he was a character in that. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. I think the people who did uh, Invincible and The Rookie uh, are producing this. Kurt Warner and his wife are also co-producing this. And uh, right. I guess you get uh, the, the grocery, where he worked at the grocery store. That, that seems to be the big part of Kurt Warner's story. That uh, you know, he was in a, working in a grocery store, played in the Arena League, and uh, now they're going to make a movie of uh, his life. Good for him. Uh, Bob in Seattle. Hey, Bob, what do you have for me today? Good morning. Good morning, fellas. Morning. Hey, I wanted to weigh in on a uh, really great uh, nick, uh, nickname, a really cool cat, Johnny B. Dusty Baker Jr., the uh, manager of the Houston Astros. I don't even, you know, I always thought of him as, you know, Dusty Baker. I never thought of Johnny B. Dusty Baker. Junior. Yeah, I did not know that. But thank you, Bob. Yeah, I just I grew up in an era where it felt like everybody had a nickname. Or if you had a nickname, it was pretty cool. Like Rick Burleson was the Red Rooster, I think. I think that was him. Yes, Todd. And do you know why Dusty Baker was called Dusty? I do not, Todd. I was doing a little homework here. Uh, when he was a kid, he was constantly playing in the dirt. Hmm. So his mom was calling him Dusty for that. Oh, well, all right. There you go. And Pim- How are you feeling about the accuracy of that report? <laughs> not well at all. <laughs> not, Come not, on. Not well at all. What? Do you know Adam Sandler started on this day 30 years ago, We're Saturday night We're not talking about Love. the date that Dusty Baker was born or any you anniversary. This Shaq's is just a nick- number when he got to Orlando was 34. I also messed up the Ricky Henderson number, by the way, of that. I don't know if I uh, divulged that or Paulie threatened me that he was going to tell you that I got both those numbers wrong because he was actually like number 35 or something when he started with the A's, not 24. So I got both of those numbers wrong on the scoreboard that day. I'm surprised when you get numbers right, Todd. You should be. Yeah. It, it, it's usually wrong. Just assume it's not right. Yes. And then it'll be a pleasant surprise. to be like, you know what? That matches accuracy. Thank you, Todd. Uh, J.D. in Oklahoma. Hi, J.D. What do you have for me today? Hey, Dan. Hey, Dan. Um, I just... I was just going to uh, comment on uh, what you said earlier to the to the caller about being married for five years and not or being or dating for five years and not getting married. And I did it for six years. I got married, so uh, we've got about two years. So it can happen. I, I don't know about forever, but I'll get back to you. <laughs> but you know, uh, I can let you know. But, okay. okay. Uh, yeah. Keep also, me posted, JD. Over the next five years, while I do this, just if you're still married, just call in and go. Hey, Marvin, tell Dan JD's still married. Uh, you'll be there more than five. But I also wanted to say that uh, I got a uh, an Australian shepherd puppy uh, that I, we adopted, and uh, we named him Dan Patrick Mahomes. So just wanted to let you know. Well, thank you, J.D. Those are beautiful dogs, too. Oh, man, are they ever. Yeah. Yep. They, you know, people go in waves where a, a dog becomes really popular, and and then they breed so many of them. Then I always wonder what happens, you know, because how long it takes before somebody goes, uh, oh, we're going to, oh, pugs are in. Now it's uh, Labradoodles. Bulldogs were yeah, in. French Bulldogs French right now. French Bulldog, are, are big, big time. Yeah. yeah. And I, we have a Shiba Inu 
and it is a cat, not a dog. It couldn't care less about anybody. But, you know, it was a big deal, especially if you lived in New York City. My son brought it home. I thought it, he had a, a squirrel on his shoulder, and it was a dog. And I go, <laughs> no, he walks in. He goes, what do you think? I go, you have a squirrel on your shoulder. He goes, no, that's, that's my dog. I go, well, great. And of course, I end up, you know, we're the ones raising the dog at home. And that dog, it's amazing. I have a cat that is friendlier than the dog, which is impossible. But I do. I walk in. That dog may lift its head, may, but usually not. When I feed it, never gets up, not in a hurry, couldn't care less, never excited. So if you are thinking about a Shiba Inu, understand they are not loving <laughs> dogs. They look gorgeous. They're not loving dogs. At least mine isn't. Uh, Steve in Florida joins us. Hi, Steve. What do you have for me today? Hey, Dan. Um, long-time listener. You know, um, my is Reggie Jackson, Mr. October. Yep. I mean, growing up with him, it was you know he was my favorite baseball player. But Dan, I want to ask you about the fireworks. Yeah. I blew up uh, part of my pointer finger and my thumb about five years ago, and the worst thing is I can't go left. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Larry David. I can't go left. So, so uh, if I play in basketball, I'm going to make you go to your left. Is that what you're saying? Oh, Dan, you're tearing me up a basketball <laughs> right now. And I played in the Bronx years ago in the cage and all that with Nancy Lieberman, Far Rockaway High School. Yeah. 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 Oh, God. Uh, well, have a great buddy. weekend, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to play him to his left. Lost a couple of fingers there. Sorry. I mean, it's got to play to my, my strengths. <laughs> can't be sympathetic and go, I can't make him go left. That's not fair to him. Hell yeah, you're going left. <laughs> oh, one more hour in the books. <laughs> it's a madman. Oh, what's wrong with me? <laughs> 